Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio, where we preach Christ and Him crucified. We thank you for joining us. Now, sit back and relax, and we hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Wilson, titled, Make America Holy Again. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom He hath chosen for His own inheritance. And again, just I want to preach a message entitled, Make America Holy Again. We've heard a lot of things over the past few years about Make America Great Again. Uh, but one thing this nation used to be, we used to be a holy nation. It used to be a nation that feared God. It used to be a nation that turned to God for answers. We were founded upon the principles of Christianity. In the former years of our nation, we used to uh, plead for God's blessings, even in song. We had songs like, God bless America, and America the beautiful, and uh, we would say the Pledge of Allegiance and prayers it, it, before school even started. That's how much our nation sought God and gone in those days. Uh, and I wonder, as I thought back uh, about this, and I was thinking about the songs, I listened to some of them yesterday by some great, really great and known choirs, uh, singing these patriotic songs. I wonder if God will answer these prayers. And He has in years past. Uh, we, we've become a great nation over the years, but we all see our nation starting to slip dramatically and to fall. And I would say those prayers have been answered ultimately, but mighty the fall of our nation now, and those prayers are not being heard. Uh, the conscience and the conduct of our nation matters. It matters greatly. It's a responsibility of mine as a pastor to stand up in the pulpit and warn people that our nation is in grave danger. It has not just started this year. This has been coming for many years now since really the 60s. Our nation started turning their back on the church and on God. And, and now we've done got to the point where people say the church is not even really important anymore. That You can just worship God at home. And that tells you how far our nation has fallen when you hear statements like that. But our, our conduct in this nation and uh, what we think and how we go about business in this nation, it matters to everything. Uh, Proverbs 24, verses 33 and 34, I'm just going to give you a paraphrase here. It says this, if you sleep a little, you doze a little, you fold your hands and you twiddle your thumbs, suddenly poverty hits you and everything is gone. And that's what we've done in this nation. We've We've backslidden. There's no other word for it. Now, we can go try to blame it on everybody else around us and all these different movements, but... Why can't we look at the church and what's happened here and even within our own lives and our homes and say, you know, we've got problems that have to be fixed because sin is a reproach to any people, but righteousness exalts a nation. We have to make America holy again. And what will happen in the future of this nation is completely and 100% dependent upon how we respond to Christ and His cross. And that's as simple as I can put it. We can come up with all kinds of things uh, that, that might change stuff, programs. Uh, we might institute different laws. We can take statues down. We can change flags. But nothing is going to change this nation back to its former greatness unless we respond to Christ and His cross. Well, why are you bringing up the cross? Because that is the only way that we have a relationship with God. There's no other way. There's been one way and only one way, and that is through Calvary. No other way is this nation going to change. And that is what will bring revival to this land. It's what will bring repentance to this land. Nothing else will do. 
We have to come back to Calvary. We need a revival born in prayer to make uh, this nation holy again. And it's a verse you've heard from me several times. You've heard it in your Christian walk. It is in Second Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people, which are called by my name, the first part of it, if you're waiting on somebody else to do something, if you're waiting on this wicked nation to seek God, you're never going to see a revival. If you're waiting on the modern church... You're never going to see revival. They've got programs, plans, and institutions that are trying to bring revival by their methods, by their way, and it's not working. It hasn't worked in 40 or 50 years. We haven't seen a move of God really in this nation to speak of. I'm not saying there hasn't been some spatterings of move of God where people will be saved. There's things that went on in prisons. One of the greatest moves that's ever happened in this nation. It's been almost a hundred years. Well, it has been just a little over a hundred years. The Azusa Street Revival. And out of that was born most every Pentecostal denomination you know. And it took one man, one man in prayer. In fact, it was a black man who was half crippled, he had one leg that was bad, he had one eye uh, that was bad. So you could say this was a black man born of slaves. His parents were slaves out of Louisiana. And he had a crippled leg, he was half blind, he believed God for something else. Now you think about even in the world we live in today, all odds were against him. Everybody would say, well, you'll never do nothing. Nothing great will ever come of you. What, a black man that his parents used to be slaves? And here he is, he can't much walk, he can't have seas, he's illiterate. What can become of, what good can come out of him? But he believed God for something. And what he believed God for and through prayer for two years in Los Angeles, California, changed the nation as we know it. So why can't that happen in our lifetime? We went through some dark days in this nation. And in the 1800s, that most everybody in this nation stayed drunk all the time. You've watched Gunsmoke. You've watched Bonanza. You've seen how people lived back then. They toted guns. They killed each other all the time. They had prostitute houses everywhere. They gambled. They drank. This nation has had dark days before. But we're going to have to come out of this. There's always been that remnant, that group of people. If my people, which are called by my name, not part-time Christians. We got way too many part-time Christians that want to serve God when they feel like it. After they've got done with everything they want to do in the world. After they're done with everything they've got to do, then they want to serve God. And the second part of this verse, humble ourselves. Now, first we have to be called by His name. And then that part of humbling ourselves. Humbling can only come by the Holy Spirit. That is the only way. I mean the absolutely only way that we can approach God is to humble ourselves. Pride not only in the world... It's not just in the world. We see pride everywhere. I'm not, I've done talked about them until I'm really just blue in the face. And I'm just, I'm sick of this pride movement. I know what's going to come out of it because my Bible tells me pride's coming before the fall. I'm talking about Christians 
this morning that will not humble themselves. I'm talking about Christians to say, I will not forgive. I'm talking about Christians to say, I'm right and you're wrong. Uh, we, we can talk about the, the pride movements and the homosexuals and the lesbians, but we got pride going on in the church. We have people that will not humble themselves before God, and they think that somehow a revival is going to magically pop out of what they're doing. The instructions are very clear here. First, you have to be called by His name. Second, you have to humble yourselves. That means you have to sometimes say, I'm, I'm sorry, even maybe when you're not wrong. That means when you know you're wrong, you need to apologize. That means that the biggest one is going to be preachers. I'll just, let me just cut to the chase. Preachers are going to have to humble themselves and come back to Calvary. They're going to have to admit all the things they were teaching all these years and all the fads that run through the church. They're going to have to say, we were wrong. They're going to have to say, our denominations were wrong in the things we've done. Denominations can be a great tool, but when they're prideful, and the only way you're going to heaven is through their denomination, God's not sending revival. Not only will re revival not come through them, but their own walk with God is in danger. We've got Christians uh, that now all over this nation, it's not just a lighthouse problem. But they're more worried about going to the beach. They're more worried about going out and doing the things that they want to do. Saturday night, they're everywhere going, doing everything. Uh, this past uh, 4th of July, they have time to travel many miles and go to fireworks displays and go see relatives and go party and go drink and carouse and do everything under the sun. But now we have no time for God anymore. But they call themselves Christians. Do you know the word Christian? I didn't know this until very recently. The word Christian, and you look it up in the Bible, I don't have time this morning, maybe we can pursue this one night in Bible study, the Christian, being called a Christian was actually a derogatory term. It was actually a term used as derogatory towards people of faith. You know the correct term of what we are, those that love God and are going to serve Him no matter what? Saints of God. That's what you are. Despite all your failures, you're actually a saint of God. And it's about time the saints of God, who are called by His name, you realize that, that you are a saint of God. And we humble ourselves before God by the way of the cross. I believe revival's coming. All these other things I was talking about and these different people and these different pastors, most of them, sadly, are not going to change. And if we're waiting on them for revival, revival is not coming. And it doesn't take a whole lot in the kingdom of God to get this thing started. We've had enough of programs. We've had enough of church growth. We've had enough of the prosperity messages. We've had enough of the mind control messages. Yes, mind control. Just stand in front of a mirror and tell yourself, great, and you're going to get rich, and that's what you'll be. It's called mind control. Just sit there and stand before your mirror and say, I'm going to be rich, 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 and you'll get rich is the message coming from a lot of pulpits. I know that sounds crazy, but it's just absolutely the truth. It's um, 
positive uh, thinking is what they call it. Where did all that get us? I've heard this said many times. You've heard it. So goes the church. So goes the nation. And look at our nation. We can lay the blame at the doorstep of the church. It's our fault. Not you individually. The church as a whole. Starting back in the 60s and 70s. And they started compromising. They started telling people what they wanted to hear. They become rich and increased with goods. These things we've read in the book of Revelation. And we think they're far off in the distant. And it'll come after I'm gone. They are at our doorstep. They've already knocked. The Laodicean church has already been birthed and happening. This nation has fell. It's not falling. We've got to quit kidding ourselves and thinking that we have all the time in the world. We watched over the past few months in 2020 how quickly these things can spiral out of control. And they are here. These things are setting up for the return of, of Christ, the rapture of the church, and the revealing of the Antichrist. We need revival. We need it bad. We need revival like we've never had before. And it's going to take prayer, fueled by the Holy Spirit. That's what it's going to take. You know, they prayed before Pentecost. Every great move of God, there's been somebody crying out. Think about the children of Israel when they were slaves in Egypt. And they were doing the bidding of the Pharaoh. God heard their cry. And God responded they got in trouble not long after that but he still responded the day of pentecost i want you to listen to acts chapter 1 and verse 14 these all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and listen and mary the mother of jesus and with his brethren all the 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 followers of christ they watch him ascend back to heaven it said maybe it's 500 Many as 500 watched him ascend back to heaven. And after it was all said and done, there were 120 left. They watched the miracles of Jesus Christ. They seen him resurrected. They watched him ascend back to heaven. At least 500 people. And after it was all said and done, 120 people showed up to pray. And one of them was the mother of Jesus Christ. One of them. Mary was one of those people. You think of that. At one time in her life, she was crying out, We need a Savior, Lord. She realized the trouble Israel was in. We need a Savior. And God, working through her, moved and brought the Savior into the world. And here we see her again. After her son was resurrected, the risen Lord, after he's ascended back to heaven, she's uh, gathered one more time. And she's saying, We need something to happen. And what happened? that changed everything it was the holy spirit that changed everything we need the holy spirit to move through our churches again it doesn't take a whole lot matter of fact most of the great revivals i've studied on we have more than enough to get it started it usually doesn't start with one person and then maybe one or two join along in prayer. But every revival that's ever happened, every great move of God that's ever happened since the beginning time has always involved the Spirit of God. Yeah, that means the gifts of the Spirit are going to be in action. 
That means people are going to be speaking in tongues. That means people are going to be interpreting those tongues. That means people are going to be healed. That means people are going to be raised from the dead. That means there's going to be words of prophecy. That means there's going to be words of wisdom. Hello? We need these gifts operating in our church. We don't know when God might drop a word in somebody's heart and here's something we need for revival to start. It's coming. Somebody's going to receive this revival. God is going to find this person seeking him in these last days. I've got a great feeling that the days ahead towards the end of 2020, I don't know why I'm feeling this in my spirit. I can't say that I've had a direct word, but I do feel like God is fixing the move. I feel like God is getting ready to pour out His Spirit upon the church to prepare them for what's coming. And while this world waxes worse and worse and evil rises up even more, I believe there's going to be Holy Ghost-filled children of God standing up and saying, Thus saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Revival will come when we get back to holy living. God has not called us to half in and half out life. We, most Christians, this is the truth. I've seen this over 13 years now. Most Christians today, Sunday morning when church starts, they are out doing what they want to do. They're not worried about the things of God. They're not worried about talking to God until they get in trouble. They're not worried about talking to God until cancer has arrived. They're not worried about talking to God until the bills are past due. They're not worried about God until the divorce papers are slapped on their table. They're not worried about God until something really bad happens in their family. I'll go live my life and do what I want to go. I'm going to show you how desensitized most Christians have got. It will be a cold day in Hades before I ever allow anything Disney in my house again. If I can help it. If I can help, and I'm not saying I can prevent everything, but what I seen two weeks ago, and Matthew knows, I, I spoke about this in my house. I had little children in there watching, and they were showing pride commercials. Here, my two grandchildren, ages three and one, have absolutely no business, zero business being taught anything sexual, straight, homosexual, anything. Anything. I don't want them taught anything at that age about sex. They need to know zero about it. What happened to the days of just having Popeye and Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd? You know, those days are gone. Now they're teaching them. They're desensitizing all of us. And the, the company behind this is Disney. They have formed into a major corporation. Now I'm going to show you how Christians become desensitized. I, I would almost be willing to bet I could go through social media today and find some friend of mine that is ready to go on a Disney cruise or can't wait till Disneyland opens back up. Well, Brother Wilson, that stuff is just, you know, it's just part of the world now. I've got to go have my fun. I'll just ignore it and not take part in the parade, but I'll just walk around the gay pride parade going on in Disneyland while we go to the moonshot ride or whatever. I don't even know what's there. That's how most Christians think nowadays. We'll just walk right on around it and go about our business. This stuff is embedded all in Disney and our meeting everywhere, and it's up to us. 
I love what Brother Glenn said about the only thing these people are going to hear is to stop spending money with them. I mean, absolutely not a red cent of my, out of my wallet, what little I have. I will not put another dime into these people. I will not show up at any of their places. I'm not going to partake of it. We've got too much going on. Work we need done in the kingdom of God. We don't have time to play around the world. You know, there is no clear-cut line in between the world and the church anymore. We hope this message is a blessing to you. We need your help to keep the power of the cross radio going around the globe to carry the message of the cross to the world. To do that we ask for your prayers and financial support. Go right now to GrenadaChurch.com and click on Donate. There you will find a secure means to donate by credit card, debit card or PayPal. Even the small amounts add up to help us continue our efforts to share the gospel. So go right now to GrenadaChurch.com and sow the amount God would have you to give. Now back to the message. There used to be a time when Church of God out front was on the door. It meant something. It meant people that lived a holy life. It meant we separated ourselves from those in the world. I'll, I love you. I'll teach you about the gospel. But I'm not going playing around in your den of sin. And we've got to get back to that and say, I won't, won't do it anymore. We've got to watch what we're partaking of. It takes a conscious effort. I understand works are not going to get us into heaven. But it takes a conscious effort on your part and my part to stop allowing this garbage into our life. If you want to make America holy again, it's up to us. We can't wait on the evil and wicked people of this world. we got to be Holy Ghost-filled children of God that will stand for something in these last days and not fall for anything that comes down the line. Amen, Brother Wilson. We have become so tolerant of sin, we have fallen. We've just become that tolerant of it. And, and this is not directed to any one single person. It's just a fact of what's happened, I know, since I've been a minister, about when we preach the cross and we preach against sin, I've had untold number of people get mad at me. It's in the hundreds now, maybe more than that. I don't know. They've got up and left because they didn't want to hear it. They blame me for everything under the sun. You name it. And they'll blame other people in the church. One day you have to face up to your own sin. You may run from here. You may run from the preacher down the road. You may run from the one on TV. But I promise you this. One day you'll stand before God. And you'll answer for those things you did or did not do. Every idle word will be given account in heaven. And if you're standing at that judgment seat of God, that white throne judgment on the second death, all these things will come to your remembrance. All these things will come to your remembrance. We've wandered so far from God and His holy standard. Why? Because there is no, there is no power to live this godly life away from Calvary. The Holy Spirit doesn't work. Why do you think most of our Pentecostal churches are not even recognizable as Pentecostal churches anymore? Why do you think there's no move of God going on anymore? Because everybody has backed away from Calvary. Why do you think some church doors are, are still closed? 
I, there's one church, I won't mention their name, they're not in this town, but they're attached to my family. They just opened the doors last weekend. Last Sunday, they had their first Sunday back. I'm thinking myself, what kind of Mickey Mouse, yellow-spined preacher is behind the pulpit of that church? I mean, we're watching thousands and thousands of people gather up and ride, and I don't know if the virus is spreading. That's not my point. My point is they're doing all these things across the, 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 this, this United States. People are going down the beach. They're doing everything they want to do, but we can't hold church. When will somebody stand up with some backbone in this last day that we live in? It takes the power to live this life, the power to speak, the power to draw closer to God. All these things come from Calvary. We have to get back to biblical convictions again. We have to open this Word of God and say, this is what God says. And let it be the measuring rod in our life. You know, we're going to have to... Oh, I'm fixing a medal. I'm fixing a medal. Mm, God just dropped something on my heart, and they're not going to like it, but it's okay. Now, before I say this, I want you... Here's one thing I will confess. Many years ago when I was military, I got two tattoos that I ain't proud of. I got them when you can't see them. I don't, I've never, I don't know that I've ever let anybody in the church see them. Matthew, years ago, Matthew knows even by myself privately. I used to wear cut-off T-shirts. I don't, this is how ashamed I am. I don't even, I don't even wear a cut-off T-shirt anymore around just privately by myself at the house. I don't even do that anymore. But we've got a wave of Christians that think tattoos are okay. You better pick up your Bible and read it. we got a wave of Christians that think you can just say anything out your mouth. <laughs> sometimes we get mad and let things slip out our mouth. Sometimes just we talk, we let things slip out and we have to ask God to forgive us. But I'm not going to condone it and say that it's okay. The places they're going. The things they're doing. It's time that we get back to the convictions this Word tells us about. It says to do and not to do. There's a to-do list and a not-to-do list here in this Word. And if you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, He'll teach you. One thing that I think is missing in most churches, especially in Pentecostal churches, we have to get back to preaching and teaching the baptism of the Holy Spirit again. The rub with it, though, almost everybody, well, that speaking in tongue thing. All I can tell you is what the Word of God says. The Word of God says when they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they began to speak with other tongues. I know it's abused. I, the, the best way I can describe it, and I, I'm probably not the best one to teach, it's not my forte teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's gifts distributed out through the body of Christ. I try to call ministers near once a year to teach on it. I'll do my best. I'm going to give you a testimony. When I studied about it, and I, and I knew that there was a secondary work of grace, that God come in and did something in your life, and He baptized you in the Holy Spirit. I've seen that in Scripture. I, I just kept reading. I said, it's here. It's here. I just hadn't experienced it. I was blessed. I had them godly Church of God grandmothers. They're, they're all going to be their reward now. They're in heaven. 
But that time, I, no joke, they have four Sunday school classes in this church at Stonefield Church of God at that time. I went and sat in the adult Sunday school class. I was trying to learn. They come in there and got me, the ladies did. These ladies were all 70 years old plus. And they said, well, you're coming in here. And I said, for what? You're going to be in here with us. <laughs> and I sat in there in the senior adult ladies Sunday school class for a year. No joke. I tried to go back after they come get me. They knew what they were doing. And I would watch them as they would worship God. I seen ladies could barely walk coming in the church and come up under the power of the Holy Spirit, and they'd throw that cane down and be running around the church. And as soon as the anointing left them, they'd go back needing that cane again. We need that power again to demonstrate. I've heard some of them ladies, they would tell me back in the old days, they had a stove there in, in wintertime. They would fill it up, and it had red hot coals in it. The Holy Spirit would begin to move in the church. They said some of the people would run over to the stove and grab coals of fire in their hands and run around the church with them as a demonstration of the power of God. They would watch demons cast out of people. They would watch people be healed instantly in services. I'm not complacent really to sit here much longer without the power of God moving somewhere in my life. It's time we want this again. You've got to want it. I remember the night that happened on a Sunday night, and there was not just, it wasn't even this many people there. Maybe, maybe about this, but just a handful of people. And I, I said, tonight's the night. I'm going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If it's real. And I, 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 I remember when they, the, towards the end of the service, they was gathering up praying for somebody. It was just, it was pretty calm in there. And, I, and I, was, I was walking up, I said, God, if this thing is real, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And when I hit that altar, it hit me and I began to speak in other tongues. Didn't nobody have to coach me? Didn't nobody have to teach me? The Holy Spirit moved up on me and I sensed something down in me. I, that's all I can say. I sensed it. I opened my mouth. I yielded the Holy Spirit and I began to speak in an unknown language. And ever since then... I have never, ever been the same. When I get down and out, the Holy Spirit is there with me when I need Him. Yesterday, when I was riding in my car and I didn't know how to pray, I began to speak in another language I couldn't understand. And I began to pray to God. And I walked away from there edified and lifted up. We need the, the Spirit of God to move again in our churches, in our lives, and in our homes. If we don't, there will be no revival. How can God bless America from sea to shining sea? From the plains of grain up to the mountaintop peaks. How can He bless that if it's a land of broken homes and immorality? You can claim you're a Christian all day long until you live it. Until you live it. Until you live it. And that means all of it, not just the part you want. You're going to start figuring out Christianity 101 when you can love people that is hard to love. When you can start forgiving those that you didn't think you could forgive. 
When you can start loving your enemy more than yourself and your family. When you can love God above all else. That's a Christian. From the blood-stained floors of the abortion clinics to the violence of the concrete jungles is what we become. From thousands upon thousands packed into entertainment destinations across this nation today to the empty church pews everywhere. The line must be, become very clear again in the church. There is a line between the church and the world that we have to define again. It's almost like there was a line painted down there a long time ago and it's been walked over and trampled over so many times that paint has faded and it needs to be drawn out again. This is the line. And this is what we're going to stand for. This is what we're going to be. And if you don't like it, I can't help it. I'm not bowing. I'm not bending. Mark my words. I'm hearing preachers that are getting the platform to speak from. I've said it myself years ago. I still got it recorded. Persecution is coming to the church. You can get ready. If you're a Christian, you're going to be persecuted for the cause of Christ. If you think the churches are empty now, just wait. The real Christians are about to stand up. You're going to see them. You're going to see their name in the newspaper. You're going to see their names on the news. They're going to be arrested. You're going to see some big names. You're going to see the likes of Franklin Graham. You're going to see the likes of some of the swaggerts. When these people stand up and they say, no, we will not compromise, they will be arrested. The law that they're going to use is hate crime speech. That's what they're going to use. The law is already in place. It's already there. Will you consider the little things and start drawing the line again? You going to get down to even the little things like Nickelodeon in your house? Are you going to get down to those things that we all need to look at? You know, I could probably sit up here for the next hour. I'm not going to. I could probably sit up here for the next hour and give you a list of do's and don'ts. But if the gift of the Holy Spirit is running in your life, is moving in your life, the baptism of the Holy Spirit will change your life. It brings, every, it brings a light into the darkness. I wish God, the, the words failed me this morning. I wish that I had the, the proper words to strike meaning in your heart of how important this is. But just please hear my testimony of this. If nothing else, get this out of it. It will radically change your life. And if you had spoken tongues in years, maybe you need a refreshing in your life. Maybe it's time to say, God, you know what? I have started to falter a little bit. This is where humbling comes in. This is where the people that are called by His name, humbling themselves, where it comes in, will humble themselves and say, God, you know what? My relationship is not what it used to be. Let me pursue after you like never before. We need a revival. A sad indictment on the church is the, dis listen to this, the disappearance of the evangelists that used to be sent to the church. Let's talk about our own territory. Church of God used to have an evangelism board. I don't even know if they do anymore. And there was a state evangelist. And they would send them from time to time. They were supported 100% by the state. And they would go from church to church to just preach and hold revivals.
mean, have you been paying attention here lately in the United States and in our community how many revivals you see anymore? I was told when we had this last one in June, I shouldn't hold it. Nobody's going to come. You're not going to have nobody, and you're going to catch coronavirus and all these different things. People no longer want it, but yet I'll see the same people. I'll never One of the people that told me, you don't think enough of your church people to shut down the doors and let them stay at home. Well, I'm glad you know my heart. He just kept on about it. Lo and behold, this happened on several occasions, so I can say it, and it won't be directed at one person because I know this happened with me with several people. Some of these same very people were out at Grenada Lake. Not much long after that, they were elbow to elbow out there. You couldn't have squeezed another person in between them where they were out there throwing that fishing rod. But they had the gall to tell me, I don't think enough of our church people to just shut down the doors and stay home. You no longer see revivals. We're more worried about fishing. More worried about going to the coast. That's where we're at. Folks, if we're not worried about evangelism, if we're not worried about seeing people saved, we need to go home. We do. Because we're just going through the motions if we're not worried about people that are unsaved. I mean, we really do. But we've got the radio outreach still going. How can you be involved? There are ways that you can evangelize to the lost. You can just tell them, hey, go to GrenadaChurch.com, click on live services, and I promise you, you listen to a service on there on that radio, there's going to be a message behind it. We're not going to be holding anybody's hand. We have to evangelize in these last days. Every time you support this work down here, you're putting money towards evangelism. There's other ministries out there that you need to help support from time to time. I'll say it. I don't care if it's on life. When they had their Bible fund, if nothing else on the Bible funds, give them $10 for a Bible and let it go into the hands of a minister in a foreign country. Let the preaching of the cross produce a passion for souls. Let sermons on hell show the cost of being lost. Let the altars fill again. Let's be praying these altars right here. We can only pretty much control what goes on with us. I can't have too much influence on the church denominations, but at least we can make sure on the revivals that we have coming up this winter that we see the altars filled at this church. Can this kind of awakening come to our nation again? Why not? Why can't an awakening come to the United States again? God's not changed. Not one bit has God ever changed. He said, I am God and I change not. God still answers prayers. And God will flow when we are ready to receive them. Finish Second Chronicles 7 and 14 of my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. Talked about the importance of prayer. Prayer is so very important. And seek my face and listen and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. And it's not going to be a whole bunch of people to do this, but you, you can be a part of what God's going to do in these last days because despite all the evil and all the bad things we talked about, you're about to see one of the greatest moves of God that's ever happened upon this planet. I believe Him for it. 
And I, my prayer every day, God, whatever part I play, small or great, in this what's ahead, I pray that I'm pliable and use me, Lord. Use me in some way. Whatever you can do with me, wherever you can put me at, and use me, Lord. Let me, this church, let our church family be ready for what's about to come. Because this is going to sweep up on you very quickly. Hear me. This is going to accelerate so very quickly in these last days. You notice how everything's accelerating quicker and quicker and quicker? You think that was fast. Wait till this revival that comes. It's going to come quick. It's going to come quick. It's going to come quick. And people are going to be hungry and thirsty. It's probably going to come out of judgment. That's what I always said. It's probably coming out of God's judgment upon this nation. You're going to see people turn to the Lord. And then the rapture of the church will happen. It won't be far off from that. I, I don't know the time, but it won't be far off from that. I'm telling you, wake up. Start praying. Humble yourself before God. He's getting ready to do something. And I know I want to be part of it. And I know you do too. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Father, would you lift your hands this morning? Let's pray to Him. Father, we set our needs aside this morning. God, there's so many lost, even in neighborhoods around this church. God, we put them before your throne today. God, start letting conviction sweep across our town, our nation, our homes, God, our state. Uh, let us set aside all of our difference of, of race and colors and, and the, the creeds and backgrounds and our beliefs. Lord, let us set everything aside and hold up one thing that is important, and that is the cross of Calvary. God, let us be a witness and a testimony in these last days of what you can do and how you can change a life, how you can save sick souls, Lord. I'm praying, God, that we see many, many people come to your kingdom in these last days. Let us be a part of it, God. Well, let us remain pliable and open to what your Spirit would do through us, God. And I know that every person in here will give you the honor and praise. And we ask it in Jesus' name, and we say, Amen. This brings us to the end of the message. We pray that it has been a blessing to you. If you have prayer requests, visit us on our prayer page at GrenadaChurch.com. If you have questions, comments, or would like to request a free New Testament study Bible, drop us a line at info at GrenadaChurch.com. Thank you again for listening and may God bless you and keep you. Be sure to join us again soon here on Power of the Cross Radio. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. All right reserved.